Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. Today is Thursday, February 28th, otherwise known as, I'm going to give you your choice. Could either be Public Sleeping Day or Tooth Fairy Day. Public Sleeping Day is much needed after a really awesome workbench con. That's true. I actually yeah. slept, I think, like for 10 straight hours when I got home, and, and I'm not usually a long, long-term, long I'm yep. not a Rip Van Winkler I did about I did about nine nine and a half of yeah it was it was amazing but I think we were all pretty beat up afterwards for sure especially Mike <laughs> yeah he was beat up during <laughs> yeah. talk about oh my gosh I went through some stuff that day yeah but you pulled but through it like a champion in? I was about to say should we just hop into it? yeah, yeah let's, let's get that's right even into too it. graphic to talk about should I even bring any of this up I um, think the people want to know. Everybody's right. friends so here. Long story short, WorkbenchCon was amazing. I think we can all yes, agree to that. Yes, it was awesome. Right? It was a good time. We we almost tripled attendance from last year, and I'm not. And I say we as in everyone. It wasn't just a collective they. effort of the, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a collective effort of only the three of us. No, um, but it was an incredible event. Thank you uh, to everybody that came out and made it such a great weekend. Uh, we had the privilege of giving the opening speech. The mm-hmm. headline, the headlining speech, if you will. The opening ceremonies. There we go. I'm glad we can all really rally behind a single term to use. Whatever yeah. we're going to call it, I woke up the morning of, the, of our opening speech sicker than a dog. And everyone says, Mike, you were just hungover. I counted. I had six drinks. I'm pretty sure. It might have been five. I'm being generous saying six drinks. But you also rolled that into like 3 a.m. and we were up at like 7 a.m. Okay, but all I'm saying... So I think you may have still been drunk. <laughs> Maybe. Regardless, I woke up and I'm pretty I'm pretty convinced that I had a real stomach bug because I heard from a few other people later on in the weekend that apparently I passed it on to them because they were experiencing the same things I had. Drinking. Well, I was gonna, yeah, I know. I was going to say you stole my water during both of our presentations and i drank from it and yeah so far i'm doing good and when you weren't feeling well you kind of like spit on me a little bit (laughs) mike was really spreading it around so let's back up just a little bit let me tell what i experienced well really quickly before you get there i just i just need to round out this morning that i had so i wake up in the fetal position and sweating i'm talking I thought I wet the bed, but turns out it was just my sweat. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I didn't sweat think that at all. But I wake up, and for lack of better terms, I, I got sick, and that happened. And yeah. it happened again and again until I finally got to the event center and met with Ben. And I gave him this look that said, I think I'm dying. <laughs> and uh, so let me, let me give a little bit of context. So... WorkbenchCon is amazing, and there's this thing, now that there's been two years, you know, two whole years to set the tradition where everybody gets in like a day early. So Thursday night is the cocktail party, and it starts around, it goes from like 5 to like 6.30. And then it's normally, casual. Right. And then after that, everybody goes to the lobby of the hotel where we're staying at for drinks, and just, that's really when it, it starts. But... We, the three of us, had to go on stage to give our presentation in front of the whole audience of all the attendees at 8.45 a.m. Friday morning. So, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a veteran of both 
drinking and conferences, uh, you know, sort of pacing myself, mixing in a, a sparkling water in between the, uh, the whiskeys. <laughs> Mike, on the other hand, was just holding court. And yeah. what's great about WorkbenchCon is that everyone's just excited to talk to everyone. So Mike's sitting up at the bar. He's got a bunch of other makers around him talking. And I see he's like, you know, he, he's having a great time. He's drinking old fashions. Not not the best drink in terms of, you know, things to do sequentially before you have to give a pre, big presentation. Lots of sugar, kind of heavy. Um, and I'm pretty sure Mike had more about like seven or eight drinks. And when I talked to some of the people that were buying him drinks, they all seem to remember <laughs> buying him multiple drinks. Now, <laughs> oh, and also we should add in, Mike, no. what did you eat that day? No, I ate a little bit. I ate some. Oh, I had a breakfast sandwich that morning. But, right. And that was it. But I was just really busy. I didn't think about it. Regardless. Yeah, Regardless. Exactly. He's like very animated, having fun. It's around like 10, 10.30 or maybe a little bit earlier. But I'm starting to, you know, make my moves to, to, to go crash for the night as a, as a responsible adult. Um, then our good friend Johnny Brooks uh, yep. from Crafted Workshop says, has this great Fourth idea member. to recapture the magic that we had at the last Workbench <laughs> Con where we went to a karaoke bar, but it was like a really cool one with like the rooms. And when we were there as part of the, uh, you know, there's the famous scene where we made Brad from Fix This, Build That uh, do, and along with his partner in crime, uh, John Malecki, do Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. Not an easy song yeah. to sing. Brad somehow pulled it off. Anyways. He's got pipes. So Johnny wanted to recreate that and rented out the whole karaoke bar. And it's like, let's go do it. And Mike's like, yes, this is awesome. Let's go. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I, I was like, Mike, we got to, you know, we got to give a talk real early. So, you know, just like switch up to water. He's like, I'm fine. <laughs> that didn't happen. Come on. Yes, it did. I, I was there. I swear it happened. That's how it went. Um, <laughs> I'm like, all right. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm already sort of thinking ahead, and you know, I get back into the room, uh, and I, I send a text to Mike and Jesse, and I'm like, you know, Mike's uh, just to sort of also let Jesse know that she may need to intervene and and help me save a mic. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just like, Mike's out doing karaoke, and no answer, right? Um, and I'm like, and he has to, he has to get up early and give a presentation, and. You know, we, we still wanted – our plan was to sort of get up around 6, maybe do a dry run through the presentation one more time. We didn't need to, but we thought, you know, hey, right. might as well. Yeah. Um, and so around like one thirty or 2 o'clock, I get a text from Mike, and it's just like a bunch of emoji faces, but they're not like in a row. They're each on like a separate line. So he like <laughs> – either he like typed one in sent it then typed another one but like let me go through oh no <laughs> let's pull up the scroll let me go through these uh this might have been a bad idea i shouldn't have brought this up okay it starts with like a big grinny smiley face emoji then he goes with the blowing a kiss emoji then he goes with the worried face where the upper half is blue then he goes with the green face emoji. Then he goes with the pukey face. And then he follows it up with the emoji that has dollar signs for eyes and for mm. a tug. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> money mouth. Yeah. I think I might have been saying I'm having a great time. I think I might be getting sick, but we're money. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I took from it. So, yeah. So I get this chain of emojis. I like go back to bed. 
and you know get up at at, at six. I send a message to uh, the three of us on a, on a mm-hmm. text thread, so saying, "Hey, uh, you guys up? Get up." Chris yeah. Chris responds and like nothing from Mike. So you know I go and take a shower, get ready, get dressed, talk to Chris. Still haven't heard from Mike. So uh, I call. I have to call like the down to the front desk and have them connect me to his hotel room. And because, you know, the phones that there are really loud. So the phone rings and I hear this really feeble. This is Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. That's exactly what it sounded like. It was like, <laughs> it was like a hundred year old person. Like I'm not even sure what gender, just a hundred year old person, <laughs> really feeble, perhaps broken hip on the other line. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, dude, you got to come down because now it's like getting close to what it was like seven seven thirty. So we get we yeah, get down to yeah. the lobby. It, mind you, we have to be on stage talking at eight forty five. So we're down in the lobby probably around like eight eight oh five, and still no Mike. Mike shows up, you know, casual <laughs> <laughs> jeans and uh, a uh, just a white t shirt. You know, looking clean, clean and fresh, but just looking yep. real Got the sleeves real rolled. pale. And yeah, yeah. I was. Mike, looking as white as his t-shirt. Mike normally has like a pretty good hair game. Like I, I think, as far as the maker community go, it's not the toughest competition. But Mike's the guy with good hair. Yeah, right. I pride myself but, on that. <laughs> yeah, he's got his own pomade. He tops it off with a little bit of uh, hairspray just to just to hold it all together. Very Zach mm. Morris, if you will. Mm. And <laughs> yeah. Mike's hair doesn't look great. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> If the hair doesn't look great, Mike's not going to feel great. Right. Uh, and it's looking pretty pale. So anyways. That's the barometer we, for how he's doing. We start walking over to the the conference venue, and I'm sort of keeping an eye on him. He looks pale. He's not saying anything, which is, which is abnormal. Normally, he's pretty energetic. And I see as he's walking across this, this sky bridge, because all of downtown Atlanta is connected with these sky bridges. I see his cheeks sort of like all of a sudden like puffer fish, like Uh-oh. as if he either like tried to hold in a burp or like perhaps a, a small dry heave vomit. And I see him sort of like quicken his step and like look around with his like cheeks kind of bulging. Yeah, you know, by this time we had met up with John uh, Malecki and Brad from Fix This Build That. And they're all sort of razzing him a little bit. Oh, yeah, the, the young guy yeah. can't hold his liquor. And he's <laughs> Mike's going, no, I'm sick. Uh, <laughs> So he I kind of runs ahead and, and disappears into a bathroom. And we're like, well, let's just keep walking over because, you know, we want to still, see, you know, make sure at least we're there. So yeah. we get over there. You know, we're sort of getting our seats. We're introduced to the MC who's going to sort of introduce us up on the stage. Mike sort of comes lagging in like literally like five minutes before we have to go on stage. And uh, all of a sudden, Jesse comes running in. And hands him some hairspray. <laughs> Somehow, that's the most important. While part. Mike was in the bathroom, like he texted Jesse to go bring him some hairspray. I which have is my kind of, priorities, man. Yeah. I'm here. Like I think it was like you needed as like a confidence boost. Yeah, regardless of what's happening, man, I'm gonna make sure and pull through. Like hey, I look I'm good, feel it. good. Uh, so Jesse hands him the ha- hairspray. He goes into the bathroom to sort of I don't know were you throwing up or just dry heaving. Or just hairspraying? Not, I, I don't want to be graphic, but it, it, was, it I was puking, yes. Yeah. But it uh, probably wasn't very much substantial by that point. Oh, it was? Oh, wow. Um, Mike's nodding. <laughs> well, we tried to feed him a muffin that morning, too. Oh, yeah. We tried to give him a muffin. The muffin didn't take. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, don't worry. I'll pull it together. 
So we, we go up on stage. We're sitting on kind of these like tall director's chairs. Presentation goes well. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's the silver lining in all he, this is Mike rallied, it all came together. And let me tell you, he pulled it together. My hair and looks he was, good too. Yeah. And Great. <laughs> hair sprayed. And uh, did you did you kind of vomit in your mouth on stage a little bit, but just kind of swallow it and hide it a little bit? <sighs> okay. So, Chris, you remember when I stole your waters the first time? And then I drank it after? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I didn't think about that, man. I'm sorry. We're close now, man. We're buddies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once again, I don't want to be graphic, but what you said did happen, Ben. Yes. Okay. But he pulled up. Like, I didn't notice. And yeah. no one I talked to sort of, you know, people said, oh, you know, he, you know, everyone said that you looked a little bit like lower energy than usual, but like totally fine. Dude, so we crushed it. Yeah. We, we freaking pulled, crushed it. We pulled it off. It all went well. We kicked it off. And uh, Mike was still hurting for the rest of the day. It, you had to do a quick run out during your presentation later for the YouTube 101. Yeah, we. I held it down. Yeah, though. but Chris held it down. I was. I I know Mike's stuff back and forth. Now. I know it yeah. was hilarious. I, I I exit the bathroom knowing my talk is supposed to start one minute ago, and so I'm literally jogging to our meeting room where, in the distance, I hear Chris talking and saying what's on my slide. And I'm like, like oh, I'm like, no. and now Mike would say, and uh, yeah. so I just hop in and I just like start taking away, taking it away in stride as I'm walking down the aisle, getting to the front of the room. But yeah. that one went really well too. I had yeah, a million people saying, "Great talk," you know, whether they were there the previous year or not. Saying, you know, of all the talks I went to, uh, and I'm not just you know patting you on the back or anything, but like I really got out a lot out of out of your talk. So for everyone that did. Uh, thanks for coming out. It was awesome. There was probably a hundred seats, maybe a little bit more, and there was only yeah, there was, was only standing room. room. So it was it was really encouraging to see. Yeah, it was it was a really mm-hmm. good event. Do you guys have any uh, other sort of highlights you want to recap? Hit it, Chris. I thought this year was even an improvement from last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just like all, everything. But I, I was wondering. So, what was your guys feeling after? Like it was funny watching. Like, you know, going on Instagram and watching everybody's reaction after. And everybody was like, all like, man, super pumped after WorkbenchCon. So happy to be back in the shop and feeling reinvigorated and all this. And I kind of had like a weird, like kind of melancholy feeling. Like I was like coming down. I think it was because I wasn't going into the shop to work either. I just like basically had to come home and plunkered plunk hunker down for like three days of editing. Yeah. And so it was this like weird, like kind of like... Oh man, like a, it feels like bore, life feels boringer now. It, it, it's so much stimulus, and it's and it's a collection of people that probably understand what you do on a day to day basis than just about anyone else. Because you know, no one does the exact same thing as each other, but there's similar patterns that involve both making, design, and content production. Um, so I think there's that sort of exhilaration of that uh, from that sense of community. And also just from the amount of information intake, there's so much learning yeah. that goes on. I, I like in, in particular, I'm going to single out uh, Brad Rodriguez's class on sort of Instagram. He, Brad is so thorough. He presents things. It's one thing to present what has worked for you, which is what a lot of people do. And that's great, right? It's like it's anecdotal. It's truthful. But Brad takes it a step farther and if you've ever listened to his podcast, the Made for Profit podcast, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. He doesn't just present what's worked for him. He also studies other people and sort of 
contextualizes that information into sort of concepts and practices that are very actionable. So it was one of the classes where I was I was writing notes and got like three or four new ideas for how I'm going to use Instagram a little bit differently and a little bit more mm-hmm. creatively. Um, now, from a, yeah. a an afterwards thing, I, I was similar, Chris. I felt like I felt very grateful and like excited, but then also a little bit exhausted. Yeah, I think that, yeah, exhaustion could be part of it too. Um, I was going to say, so if I had to say my highlights, though, I'll pick a couple. So Brad was awesome. One of the classes that I got a ton from was Sam DIY Huntress. Mm. Yeah. Shout uh, out to I, Sam. Sh- what's that? Shout out to Sam. Yeah, shout out to Sam. And so her class was really great. And then actually afterwards, talking to her and Alicia from Pneumatic Addict, just about like website and like basically things that... I haven't been the best at even implementing at all and that I really should start implementing. Um, So that was very, a a lot of knowledge was dropped from the two of them and uh, something that I definitely want to tackle this year. Yeah, super cool. The fact that we have such a good cross section of people that are really doing the YouTube thing and really making that their focus. People like Brad that are obviously still doing the YouTube thing, but are also killing it on Instagram or, you know, Alicia or Sam, like you just mentioned, who have like killer blogs and are able to do that side of the business and have a focus there where maybe we've let let that slip a little bit. So obviously the classes are amazing, but my highlight is always the hotel lobby afterwards, as corny (laughs) as that sounds, because you get to ask the questions that you are hoping you learn during the classes, but you also get to go that one step further. So if you connect with somebody on what you're you're talking about, you get to really pick their brain and kind of like try and understand it and how it relates to what you're doing. Yeah, I would say that. And then actually even during, like, you know, just when you're in the kind of uh, like booth space, I don't know, whatever you would call that space, the common area, there's a lot of those conversations that take place. And I was really happy to see that like, we weren't clicky at all. Like people didn't just like hang around with, you know, each other and who we already know as friends. Like everyone kind of like tried to stay a little bit by themselves so that people could approach us and they didn't feel like they were like intruding in a group. So I had like, it was nonstop talking, just like one-on-one conversations or, you know, little groups of threes and all that kind of stuff. That was, I think that's where like so much gets shared that, yeah, like you were saying, Mike, stuff that doesn't get covered in the class or that like, I don't know, for whatever reason, you you think it's too specific to ask in a group. So you wait until you're in that smaller little one-on-one conversation. Yeah. And I also got to meet some people that I've known and watched for a long time. Like, uh, this is the first time I ever met Matt Cremona. And the first time I ever met Jaco from Jaco, whatever. Um, So two people whose work I'm I'm a huge fan of. uh, And like, I've watched them for not just like a year or two, but like, you know, pretty much probably since they started. Uh, yeah. Th- those are people that I, that have been on my radar that I've always thought are really interesting. And since we're on that chain of shout outs, I'm going to shout out Glenn from DIY Creators, oh, yeah. who yes. I'd never met prior to this, as well as Izzy Swan, two like behemoths in the space that, you know, I've obviously been following forever too. It was great. Obviously the nicest people in the world. Yeah. Watch your words. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I did a, a concrete class with uh, with Glenn, and it was it was fun. It was like very little presentation, all hands on, just sitting at a bunch of table, carving up some plastic, mixing concrete, making stuff. It was a uh, it was a blast. So this one was a huge success. I'm sure we'll be uh, 
doing another one uh, next year. Yeah, we over double attendance from year one to year two. So talk uh, to talk. Don't take our word for it. Talk to some of the other people. Just check out some of the hashtags uh, around yeah. WorkbenchCon, Workbench Conference. <clears throat> And I think you'll see a pretty unanimous uh, uh, set of voices all sort of echoing what we're saying. Yeah, I think uh, lightning struck twice because last year it seemed like, oh, man, this was so positive and everything that came afterwards. But like it was just as good, maybe better this year. So I want to talk about I finally got a chance to watch Ben's new shipping container series or container house series. The Modern Home Project. The Modern Home Project. And Dude, it is so good. Like, I wanted to wait until I could really sit down and watch it and, you know, not have anything distracting me. So I spent the first two episodes are out now, which combined is like, I mean, they're they're almost TV shows between like, I think the second yeah. one was like 22 minutes, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. So it it was so good. And it was I really enjoyed it because, OK, you know, you kind of have let your YouTube, your main channel die <laughs> not not die but like you it's been you haven't been gotten neglected it. yeah. it's been a it's little, been a little it's been half neglected it's been kind of backburnered for this year yeah. and like the the balls to just like be like i'm launching a whole new channel and doing this <laughs> and to see how well it's working out so far to go from nothing to like that first video already has like 380,000 views at the time that I watched it this morning. You already have like almost 50,000 subs. And so it's awesome to see you take a risk on it and be ambitious with it when like, you know, you were one of the top guys in the space and like you've let it lapse a little bit, yeah. but to see you like take a risk on it and now it's paying off. That's awesome. Well, by risk, it might have been uh, an overestimation of my ability to do two things at once, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, which is why. I'm, but you didn't back off, right? So, uh, no, there, there, you know, during the construction of the container house, there was sort of two types of stress that I was feeling. One, which was to finish the container house uh, to meet the deadlines that Home Depot had set, and then the other one was the feeling of stress that you know what is my most been my most important channel my main homemade modern youtube channel that i've worked so hard to build up was being neglected and seeing the sort of performance of that dwindle down Mm -hmm. um and so that that you know that that feeling of losing something and also the feeling of being behind in the thing that you think is most important combined made that uh a little bit of a challenging uh, time for me but the, the the thing i always think with these things is that it's it's important not to follow a set of rituals or just practices. It's important to have concepts behind what you believe in and what you're doing because they'll they'll keep you from just repeating the same habit when it no longer makes sense. There is no practice that we're doing in our in our work now that will uh, be unchanged, you know, five years from now. And you can't just keep repeating. When I got started in making videos, it was because of a conceptual belief. Before then, you know, my, my web background had been with sort of websites and stuff like that. And I fundamentally saw that in like 2013, 2014, that the shift towards video content becoming a much more dominant type of media was already well underway. You know, at the time, like apartment therapy, BuzzFeed, Huffington Post were like so dominant. 
you look at like how much traffic uh, apartment therapy gets now versus then it's, it's not even close. Um, uh, Huffington post is not nearly the same uh, a beast that they once were. Cause they, they didn't get into scalable video very effectively. Um, even Buzzfeed has had some, some struggles and had to sort of really heavily invest into video series. So, what I think what's happening, you know, uh, now is that I look at Netflix, I hear so many, I mean, a lot of my friends talk about YouTube because they actually are YouTube makers, but my other friends that don't produce content, they talk about Netflix and game of Thrones and these sort of things. Um, and I've been interested in that kind of content, long format, long yeah. format content for a while. I still want to do the small projects. Cause I think that's the best way to get a singular idea that's evergreen out there. But so I believed in that concept is, is, you know, people are going to watch video content. And if you can serve up, uh, you know, a bingeable, like a whole series of a docuseries, I also believe in the sort of supply and demand theory. Um, when I started making DIY videos, there wasn't as many people making DIY furniture projects. Now there's way, way more. And that's awesome. That is 100% great. There is more. If you're a homeowner on a budget, or a hobbyist woodworker, you can open up YouTube and you're loaded with not just inspiration, but like brilliant instruction at all different levels, with all different skill sets, with all different sets of tools, um, tons of different imaginative, creative uh, projects with really excellent production value. I was just checking out Mike's uh, conference table video. It is so night and day better in terms of production than the stuff you were doing two years ago. Like Thanks, yeah. The the camera work was clean. There was a lot of uh, dynamic uh, shots and cuts. Perfect on the white balance, like great lighting, uh, funny little tips and tricks. It was, but still well-paced. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So when I looked at all that, like I thought, you know, I want to do projects that are different, that are like whole houses, getting back to my sort of architecture background. And I want to sort of do content that's a little bit different. Um, yeah. And, but you know, when I, when I launched these videos, it was, it was a little bit scary. I was like, Oh man, (laughs) I I made some sacrifices (laughs) to my, my main channel to get these off the ground. And the other thing that I think is really important and there's, you know, a, a lot of, and I know some of the other YouTubers out there listen, and I've heard them talk from time to time that they feel that they have to do certain types of things creatively and artistically because that's what their channel and audience wants them to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether they're married to a certain posting schedule or video format or something along those lines, they feel like constrained right. by it. And at the same time, I'll hear some of those same YouTubers talk about how their maybe their views are going down or they're having a harder time reaching their own subscribers. So both of those things are are concerning, but you can also take anything that you see as a trend that's concerning and it can also be an opportunity. And, you know, I saw that too. I'm like, huh, well, I've always thought my subscribers are the most important thing because that's what I work so hard to create. But if the average, you know, if there's way more thumbnails out there, people are subscribed to more people and I'm getting less views per subscriber, maybe this is actually a great opportunity to try something new and launch something new. Because if I just do really competitive content in a different way than other people are doing it, break all my old format rules. Uh, and if I, so if I say subscribers aren't as useful on my main channel, that creates an opportunity to launch a new one. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, I, I was very nervous uh, launching it. Uh, dude, I know. We had a lot of conversations about like, am I making the right choice? Yeah. And it's like, dude, there's no way of knowing until you just throw it out there and try, right? And I had talked to people in sort of TV about sort of doing this project with a with a with with an experienced television production company. And they're like, there's no way people will just want to watch a lot of information uh, straight for 22 minutes. Like, right, it has to have something. It has kind of to have a, an act and a resolution, and you have to bring in drama and personality. And I'm like, I think there's already a lot of supply of that stuff on HGTV. You know what there right. isn't? Just a straightforward docuseries that tells you how to build a house. And if we're being candid, that drama and that intrigue is what makes the majority of, at least me and you, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, tune out during those HGTV shows when we know that it's a scripted problem that they had to fabricate because the production team was there that day. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, your, your, your content is definitely information dense in comparison, but it's all pertinent information and it's organized really, really well. The flow of the video is just seamless and you're never... I remember, sorry, I know this is not exactly, it's a little disjointed the way I'm saying this, but I remember a long time ago, whenever we were first talking back and forth, uh, one of the things you were telling me about the pacing of your video is if I'm spending longer than 10 seconds explaining any particular step, I either need to rethink how I'm explaining it and presenting it, or I just need to completely redesign what I'm doing or how I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And so that same outlook that you had which at the time was on project videos, I still feel like you're doing the same with these big videos. Mm -hmm. Even though it is a lot of information, you're moving from one to the other, never getting hung up on one particular detail. Well, going back to the whole like HGTV thing and how they, you know, manufacture the drama and yours is more just like documenting what happened, obviously. Um, You know, if the whole point of that is to like create that feeling of anxiety or whatever in the viewer that they would feel if they were actually in that situation it's almost inherent to the project like even when i'm watching your videos i still feel that because i see you like oh man here comes the concrete and like you know you're talking about this is it like you get one shot at this and then when you're putting the shipping container down and it's like you have a half inch of of margin of error to place the thing and when you're cutting the holes i'm hoping that you're not cutting it too big for the windows and like all that stuff it inherently has drama without having to like play it up yeah also i got a shout out i think you have like the best shot of like almost any kind of build video I've ever seen where it's the one where it's the crane moving the big containers. Yeah. It's that drone shot where yeah. it just looks like this little caterpillar inchworming across this desert, but it's really like 40 feet long. Yeah. I really like that cut, right? Like where yeah. it switches from, cause it, it goes from the overhead of showing how this giant crane, which is literally a transformer. <laughs> it's a truck that moves into this spidery thing that can pick things up and stretch around and drop them. So it's moving across in this very weird way, picking up this huge container that's almost as big as it. And then we switch to the the sort of, you know, point of view shot where you see it lifted up over one container and then drop it onto the site. So, yeah, it was it was, uh, you know, I still got a ton of editing to do, you know, the all trying to stick to sort of a weekly uh, format to get them to get them out. But what's fascinating is. That thing, and this is so true in life in so many ways, is that thing you think that you have that you don't have. We don't really own our subscribers. They belong on a platform we don't control. 
But you know what we own is like our ability to make video, our ability to design things, our ability to build things, and our ability to sort of share ideas. Um, and, you know, I actually had a meeting with YouTube today and because they had been talking to them about launching the, the, the videos because I was thinking about trying to work a deal with like a Netflix type streaming thing or launch them on iTunes as a, as a pay to watch thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they really were, you know, pushing for, for YouTube, obviously. And no way the YouTube ref yeah. were hoping you, you put it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. But they, they were, you know, we were all like excited and they're saying, you know, Oh, we want you to talk to some other uh, YouTubers that are having, you know, maybe their channel stalling out a little bit and sort of saying, you know, maybe this is t- a great opportunity. You don't, we tend to think of the things we, we we tend to ignore knowledge and skill sets that we've honed and improved upon as actual tangible gains, right? We tend to look for like a number where you can't put a number on how much better you're at making videos today than you were two years ago. It's mm-hmm. more of a soft, you know, skill, but it is tangible. It is real. And that ability to sort of, you know, to take the skills that we sort of learned regardless of where our subscriber numbers are and do something new is a pretty cool opportunity. So yeah, few. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sigh of relief. No, but um, it, it kind of just reinforces the whole idea that I always try to say this to people is that like, if you make really good stuff, it's not going to go ignored. Like there's nobody out there that's doing really good stuff and just getting nothing from it. And I mean, this just goes to show it that obviously, you know, you had a little leg up of from somebody else that was just like an unknown person starting something, but not a whole lot. Like, you know, when you look at the crossover that goes from Instagram to YouTube, it's not nearly what you'd imagine that it would be. So you were kind of just, you know, starting from ground zero yeah. again and and it's like built up really fast and yeah, it's just awesome to see you well, take a, you know, be ambitious about something and, and see that it it's performing. I posted I posted the first container house video on the same day that I posted the the video on homemade modern of building the deck, uh, yeah. the concrete pavers in the cedar deck. The the video on homemade modern with its over a million subscribers is at a hundred thousand views, which is fine. I'll take it, and it's still doing doing well. Um, the the first container house video launched on a channel with no subscribers and just a little bit of Instagram promotion uh, is up to four hundred thousand. So it was really about it. It was refreshing to see that it wasn't about this legacy of subscribers. It was about here's here's information that hasn't been thoroughly presented on this platform before. Um, and if you look at the comments, that's the overwhelming. Uh, thre- uh, commonality on the comments is that I've seen a lot of shipping container houses. No one's ever explained exactly how they've uh, made one. Um, right. Yeah. Like that library of content exists, but that content is mostly like home tours or it's showing particularly unique properties. It's not showing the ins and outs of how it's done. Yeah. So yep. it's been a, it's been a, a, a good, a good week, both for, the the community of uh, WorkbenchCon and also getting back to business stuff. But I have another funny internet story, which... <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been following this. Ex- explain this. So you guys, you guys 
know me that I can be a little bit uh, a little spicy or sassy on my sort of responses <laughs> to. Yeah, we're going to stick with sassy. Yeah, <laughs> to either an occasional commenter that might draw my ire or the random sort of, you know, when I get one of those emails from Ted's Wordworkings uh, yeah. marketing affiliates, I've, I've been known to, to, to write a strongly worded email. Um, well, we all get these emails and it's really hard to describe them to someone who hasn't got them because they just don't make any sense. But they're from an overseas company, uh, often from China. And these there's these companies over there that are involved in manufacturing. And I don't know if it's happening at the sort of one factory level or at like there's like marketing companies that then team up with like four or five factories and then try to uh, sell all these weird collection of random products on Amazon. And they'll reach, they'll reach out to YouTubers and sort of say, hey, uh, and it's very transactional and it's a terrible deal. It's very spammy. It's also the most random products that make no sense together. Yes. And really poorly written emails. And so <laughs> I got one of these emails and uh, I think I was just feeling like in a good kind of playful mood because having, you know, WorkbenchCon was so fun. I was just feeling grateful that, you know, we get to do what we get to do for uh, the living for for a living, and I got this email that says it's from a company called Litake Lighting, and it's the mm. subject says YouTube video regarding. It says <laughs> hi friend, good start. <laughs> wow, we saw your YouTube page. You doing very great job. We are looking forward for the pages like you. Okay, cool. Close. We get the gist. Yeah. Right. Close. I can I can say this because I'm Asian and it's um, <laughs> Right. We right. are okay. We are seller with couples of new brand products on Amazon. Mainly focus on LED and cloths products, which ye need YouTube promotion video. We select several products every week to find good YouTuber. Hope you can help us promote our products. We are looking forward on your mail. I attached the product images below. So I was thinking, oh, cool, JPEGs of products. No, no, no. Word document of products with JPEGs <laughs> on them. So what kind of products do you ask? Well, the first one was uh, a women's maternity dress, off-the-shoulder casual dress. Uh, it was fun. Beautiful. It was yeah. flirty. It was a nice dress. <laughs> yeah, it was great. A women's long sleeve pullover, striped pocket slim sweatshirt, casual hoodie, dress hooded sweater dresses. That was one product. <laughs> and that's the title of it. Yeah. Getting that SEO. <laughs> it's got a lot of action. keywords in there. <laughs> Next up was Litake. They put their brand in this crampons, 19 stainless steel spikes, traction cleats, ice snow grips for climbing, hiking, and walking. Your choice. Yeah, and so, what are they're like? Uh, they're like snow they're chains steel for your spikes yeah, for ice climbing on. that go onto your shoes. Because anyone in the market for maternity clothing, it's an easy upsell to get them some chains right. for their boots. Up yeah. next, uh, LED grow lights, <laughs> nice. flexible, waterproof, soft strip glow lights for plants for the baby. Not not plants, plural plant. Um, then more <laughs> maternity dresses, a half sleeve empire waist mid dress. You know, I like a good empire waist. Mm -hmm. Um, so Flattering. women's plus size <laughs> flowy tops. <laughs> I like plus size flowy tops is, is 
Got a nice ring to it. Um, more LED puck lights, some chiffon stuff, maternity clothes, and more lights. Yeah, so right. they reach out. You go through the email. And granted, for the listeners, I'm going to ask you guys. I probably get about seven of these emails a week, usually like one a day, maybe one every other day. Yeah, Either say, a some few times kind of a week, Amazon definitely. seller or some kind of weird you know, Chinese site that you know is probably going to give you a virus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this like ev- at least every other day we get something like this. This was a particularly random collection. Like a lot of times there'll be like lighting and electric toothbrush and yeah. some like USB chargers and speakers, right? Like it'll be more yeah. around sort of electronics or or furniture or something like that. Yeah, kind of t- or slightly tool focused. Right. But it's all knockoff stuff. Like it's all just yeah. you know it's it's not good stuff. So I started yeah. posting screenshots of this on my on my Instagram stories and people were laughing and it was like this is so random and you know for people that don't sort of do this kind of stuff they don't get these kind of emails um and then I was sort of thinking like well what if I do like some sort of art project with this right and and everyone was telling me oh message them back and just say yes and then and then make something out of this weird combination this sort of mad lib take of it all. products yeah <laughs> and so uh, I emailed, you know, so I said, well, I could do like maybe some like get all the maternity dresses and make some like big kind of tent that I light up <laughs> with like the LED lights and then build like a fence around it out of like stainless steel crampons. It's still just a weird word, especially if you yeah. hear maternity yeah. dress, you're already thinking like sort of female products and you hear crampons and you're thinking something yeah. else. Uh, yeah, two things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chris, practically a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways i but then i think like oh well how about i just like do a project with the lighting have them donate a bunch of clothing and then and and then i donate the clothing to like a women's shelter or something like that in la and my sister's involved with some some uh, charities like that so i knew i could i could find a home for them so i put that as a poll a surprising number of people just wanted me to do the art project just using all of it but of course you know it's probably like 80 percent said you know do the cool, like grow, you know, maybe we'll do like an indoor garden again and then donate the clothing. So put, uh said, okay. So I emailed them back um, and said, okay, I'll do it. You just have to send, you know, a bunch of clothing and a few of these lights. I'll do a project. I'll show the clothing in it and then I'll donate them to a charity. And then someone else reached out and said, hey, you know, that kind of fast, fat, uh, fast fashion stuff, it's not that valuable. Like, it, there's plenty of clothes at thrift stores that can be donated. And, you know, fast fashion is a huge environmental problem because it just really creates this culture of disposable clothing. Um, and so that's not really that great of an idea for sustainability. Now, I haven't fully vet, vetted that thing, but I've heard sort of supporting arguments for it. So I started thinking, well, maybe donating, a, you know, a whole bunch of clothing isn't the, getting a bunch of this free sort of stuff, which may not be it may be awesome. It may not be great quality. Um, so I started to second guess that, but I'd already fired off the email and the company sort of, you know, at first they sent me a form one that in no way addresses the email that I sent, but we sort of get through it and they seem like they're on board. Um, so that's where I was sort of thinking. And then right before we're recording the podcast, another lighting company saw that uh, uh, the story thread and said, hey, we'll be happy to help. Um, and I, so I said, oh, cool. Well, I'll 
incorporate your lighting. And this company is called Inlighting. They actually make really nice, like, check them out. It's really cool. Uh, they make really cool, like, these very modern, minimal, like, puck lights for alley, uh, outdoor patios and furniture. So I think it might yeah. actually incorporate them into some pavers to make, like, sort of a lit uh, a paver path um, uh, from the and container And to be very house. clear, they are in no way associated with these type of companies that we yes. were talking about earlier. This was like they're a legit. fully legit, and they're, they're, they're great. Right. And I said, you know what? I'm going to wave. Uh, uh, let's do it. Like, I'll wave my fee to just... Donate $1,000 to a charity. We'll figure out the charity later because, you know, you really want to research those things carefully and not just pick one randomly. Um, donate that, which is way lower than the fee I would normally charge for product integration. But I was feeling good. I was having fun with the Internet. Life is great. Had a great time at WorkbenchCon. So just feeling feeling happy and, 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 and grateful. Just feeling froggy. Yeah. So I said yes, and you know what? They said yes. So now it's like this weird internet thing that started as like a spam email. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like then was sort of a joke. Then was sort of an art project. Then we're like, oh, we can actually donate to things. But then the clo- But then I learned from people also on the internet that perhaps like donating clothes isn't the right thing. And just when I was feeling like, oh, well, maybe this isn't such a good idea, another company swoops in and wants to get involved and is going to donate actual cash. Um, so. We'll see where this goes, but uh, stay tuned because the internet is a wild and wooly place. I love yes, how you're is. on this like weird. Have you all heard of James Veach? Yeah, he's a sort of a stand-up comic, sort of kind of a just a, like a talker of sorts. But he does mm-hmm. these things where he just takes what are they called when you have like just telemarketers call you and stuff like this or like prank yeah. emails basically, and he just continues to follow that lead and just make their life a disaster. Yeah, you're doing mm-hmm. that. But you're making something better out of it. You're not just like, <laughs> you're not just out there cynical. I love it. Right. It's right. also, it's like the, like, I mean, this is why I think like inspiration can be anywhere. It's just like, but it's hidden unless you engage it with enthusiasm. And, you know, I, the with the container house, it's important to do big projects every time. But when you're kind of stressed and overworked, you don't take the time to smell the spam. Uh, no. right. <laughs> uh, to, to sort of like have fun with things, be playful, and kind of explore. And I, and I think that's one of the takeaways for me that you know I'll always take on projects that are a little bit beyond my capabilities. But I don't want to consistently live every day of every year under that kind of duress because I think you miss opportunities like this, which are kind of silly but fun and can kind of explore things in a really playful and creative way. Yeah, I think that's so cool. And I'm excited to see where this goes. This is going to be the new kind of weekly update that we get as all this develops, because it'll take a little bit of time, you know, so I'm excited (laughs) for where this is going to go. Yeah, we have to come up with like a term. And so, uh, you know, listeners out there, it's it's something about like recycling spam or, (laughs) yeah, uh, you know, uh, making something out of spam. Uh, yeah, th- whenever you, whenever you get the opportunity to do like another TEDx talk or something like this, this is yeah, definitely going to be it, right? Right, because we we do take that for granted. You know, being uh, ha- having been in this game for a while, is that not everybody opens up their email? And granted, we're not getting offered the coolest stuff, but just gets right. offered like free Crocs or like some sort of Chinese <laughs> knockoff version. Of I it. wish, and or yeah. like a nice turtleneck sweater. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lots of LED lights. Like, we we could light up. We could cause some major light pollution. 
<laughs> you could ruin Joshua Tree. Uh, Absolutely. But yeah, no, it's been a it, it's it's been a fun ride. Yeah, and so make sure follow the the Modern Maker podcast on a weekly basis, so we'll see where this goes. But in the meantime, I want to hear about any kind of content creators. I'm talking YouTubers that you want to shout out since we are coming off of WorkbenchCon, leading up to it and after. It's kind of gotten me pretty heavy back into the the maker YouTube content that I kind of let get out of my focus for a little while. I've been binging quite a bit of DIY channels and maker channels. So I want to hear uh, any that you guys might have been watching. First, I want to give a huge shout out to Chris from Get right, Hands Dirty. You. Oh. Not you, Chris. Oh, yeah, Dang. the kitchen. That kitchen that she did in her studio space is amazing. For, Love the for anybody who's not familiar with it already, she did a very modern uh, kind of whole kitchen setup. All the cabinets, all of the built-ins. She did really great flat front cabinets with integrated handles. And I love the way she integrated cement board for a really cool textured but matte black look. And the colored MDF that she uses all the time called Velcro matte. I think it came out amazing. Once again, it was a relatively long video. I think it was close to 30 minutes even. And it had my attention the whole time. It was really cool seeing that whole thing come together. And anytime people can include the struggle of doing unique projects like that, whether it's fitting appliances or fitting a, fitting your space and the challenges around that, it's amazing to see and also just encouraging for someone like me that's interested in pursuing more renovation and and home style content it's cool to see people tackle stuff like that yeah i'll quickly shout out a couple people that i got to hang out with at a workbench con so obviously there's i wish i could shout out everybody but there's so many um but two that i had never met before so i'll I'll keep it to people i had never met before but uh michael alm who you know he's he's uh participated in our challenges before and then brian from bike city woodworks Got to talk to them uh, on a few occasions over the over the week. Really cool guys doing good stuff. So definitely check them out. And for me, it's going to be Johnny Brooks uh, from Crafted Workshop. One, he's a hell of a work uh, woodworker, but also just like really nice guy and has a fantastic family. <laughs> so you can you can see where <laughs> he, he gets his. Yeah. Uh, his sort of, but he almost ruined our presentation. Yeah, you can see where he gets his, his, his uh, generosity. But uh, his family hosted us uh, for for a dinner um, like the day before WorkbenchCon, and they're just the the the, the nicest people. Um, so yeah. shout out to the the Brooks. Yeah, and I'm gonna the do Brookses. one last plug. That's a few different people. It is April Wilkerson, Johnny Brook, and Matt Cremona, who recently slapped together a second. Oh, yeah mac promona bandsaw mill and i'm just i'm just blown away that they were able to build that thing so fast they did it in basically a week i would have loved to just seen what kind of weird assembly line process they had to have had just one guy cutting metal all day another person just grinding all day i have to imagine um but regardless i haven't gotten a chance to see the video yet because it did just go live when we're recording this episode but i have to imagine it's a good one oh indeed Couple more. <laughs> oh, okay. great! Uh, Let's do this. Paul Jackman and Zach. How do you say his last name? Herbels. Herberholtz. Herberholtz. Morris. I, I just always think of him as ZH Fabrications, uh, which Same. is what yeah. you find him on uh, Instagram. 
but uh, two totally different type of makers. But what I think they they did a really cool presentation, and it was called uh, uh, "Fuck the Formula." And what they were sort of saying is that how it it, w- it was fantastic because they were really just talking about how important it is to really find what you're interested in and how to be involved with your work in a way that is creatively and inspirationally sustainable so that you don't get, you don't turn your hobby into just another nine to five job that you end up uh, uh, resenting. And they do things in an unconventional manner. They're not chasing an algorithm or a formula the way a lot of people are just sort of focusing on building audience. Um, and it was, it was great to just see them doing it in their own uh, different, uh, but in unique ways. I mean, Paul Jackman is doing some of the most creative uh, and hilarious videos on power carving. A lot of stuff out of like uh, recycled pallets, but not like the other pallet stuff you've seen. And Zach is just really investing in himself. And he had this great tip where he'll go and find like a maker or a craftsman, someone that's you know a real artisan at what they do, and he'll hire them to. To, to teach him some skills for like a weekend or something. And he's gotten really into uh, forging and he'll just invest into that thing that he's into and figure out a way to make it pay his bills. So big shout out to those two. And the last one I'll give a shout out to Ashley Harwood, uh, yes. who is probably the coolest wood turner uh, out there. It not just is her, her work is fantastic. And if you, if you Google her or look at her Instagram, uh, Ashley Harwood, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. But she has such command of her craft. She could give a presentation while she's turning uh, a bowl. Totally and look at the slides behind her while she's still carving so calm. on the lathe. Like it, there's something incredible about seeing someone that's put in their 10,000 hours that's just so fluid and uh, just in their element, uh, doing two things at once. It was, uh, it's a, it's a sight to behold. Uh, Chris Crawford from mortgage and miter. Sean Boyd made this Patrick Clancy PC makes Michael Jordan, Bill Gates. Since we're just going to keep shouting people out, we'll just throw a couple more names. God, <laughs> let's awesome. just shout God out. I also have to give one more big shout out to, well, Jen Woodhouse for one. It's always great seeing Jen Woodhouse. And the person that she partnered up with on their plans website, Spruced, Anna White. I don't know about y'all, but Anna White was my very first exposure to DIY content on the internet whatsoever. So shout out mom for showing me Anna White. And it was really great meeting her. She also made a really nice video message that I could send to my mom because oh. once she found out that Anna White was going to be there, she got like really excited. She's like, you're going to meet Anna White. She's like, you got you to gotta tell her I love her. And I'm like, all right, mom, take it easy. Take it easy. And, um, uh, and shout ahead. out to Vanna White and Pat Sejak no. <laughs> and Alex Trebek. Anna White is like the OG of like putting out furniture plants like. She's been Absolutely. doing it for for a minute, and yeah, Anna is Anna's is fantastic. When I first did a yeah. project with uh, Home Depot, uh, me and her were paired up and did some workshops together, and it was it was a lot of fun. Right, and obviously, everyone that we're forgetting, uh, thank you for sharing in such an awesome experience, teaching us stuff, letting us learn from you guys. It was an amazing event, and we can't wait for next year. I'm sure it's going to be. As killer, if not better. So uh, thank you guys. And let's send this to the closing. You ready, guys? 
I'm ready. All right. Well, if you're not already, you should be following us individually on Instagram. I am at Modern Builds. Chris, you can find I'm him at, at Four Eyes Furniture. And I ben, thought I was going to get to do it. I'm at Four Eyes Furniture. Oh, no, 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 no. This, <laughs> no you, you do, do you intro, do I do outro. That's no. right. Sorry. Stay <laughs> on the corner. Find, and you can find Ben at Benjamin Ueda. That's right. His first name is Benjamin. So you can you can use that information however you like. If you're not already, you can find Maker Brand at Maker Brand Co. And you can find our products at MakerBrandCo.com. There we've got amazing clamps as well as the best wood finish in the game. Simple finish with wax. <laughs> what, Chris? You didn't like that? This is funny. No, I like it. This is funny. I want to see. We're, we're going to get our, in, our outro so long someday. This is the best part of the show. I'm trying to get us to an hour. We're at 55 (laughs) minutes. I think I can stretch (laughs) us to an hour. No, I'm kidding. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We genuinely appreciate it. And we can't wait to talk again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Nice. Cool. It was like we never skipped a week. Great work, guys. Yeah, that was a banger.